Today on the show, we have a full rundown of the 2021 Arizona Open. We talk with Western Outdoor News Tournament Director Billy Egan and speak with some of the event's biggest winners like Mike Williams. It's incredible. It's incredible. I can't, I'm still in shock that I won this thing. It just It worked out, I guess, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And runner-up Todd Klein. If you got bit, it was the right ones. It was going to be a three-plus, you know, smallie. But first, let me tell you about the current subscription special at Western Outdoor News. This is a deal that we have never done before. You get a free t-shirt with a one-year subscription of Western Outdoor News. Go to wonews.com under subscription special, select what size t-shirt you would like, and you will get one year of Western Outdoor News for $39.95 plus that super cool blue and white Western Outdoor News t-shirt. All right, back to the show. So next up, I sit with Billy Egan, the tournament director for Western Outdoor News, to talk about the success of the 2021 Arizona Open. It was uh, great to kick off uh, the 2021 season with such a monumentous event. Again, we uh, broke the record last year with the largest turnout uh, with, our, I think, 173 boats last year and beat that again. Uh, I like beating thing, beating <laughs> records. So, anyways, yeah. we got 178 boats, uh, which was great for a first event for the 2021 season. And kicking it off at Havasu in February is always, you know, it's met with mixed emotions because February is not typically the best fishing at Lake Havasu, but that's one of the main reasons why we chose February is we didn't want it to be a slug fest. We wanted the cream to rise to the top, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, and uh, not everybody to be able to catch five fish the whole time, but, yeah, but uh, you know, work for it, right? th- make them work for it. Yeah. And the true champion that wins is a true champion amongst 170 plus boaters, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have the AAA aspect to it also uh, with the shared weight format that we do. But the event set up perfectly, uh, pre-fishing, well, the conditions were great. It was sunny, 70s, you know, the water temperature hadn't quite reached uh, any higher than 54, 52 was what we were seeing in the normal during pre-fish. Some areas were about 56 degrees. And once that water hits around 60, those fish really start moving up and thinking it's time to spawn. So yeah. So was, was that was that kind of the buzz coming out of pre-fish and practice? We were looking for a warming trend, and the weather said it was going to warm up leading up to the tournament, and then during the tournament it was supposed to be warm, and then another weather pattern moved in, which kind of always you know <laughs> changes the game plan for everybody, and the fish don't react the way, think, the way people thought they would based on the weather patterns. But uh, the first day of the event, it was bluebird skies, no wind. And, you know, these guys on a lake like Lake Havasu, they're looking for a little bit of wind because uh, Havasu's used to weather conditions and they're, the fish aren't used to cloudy conditions. You know, when it's cloudy out there, they don't know what to do because it's not very often. Mm-hmm. So the first two days, weather-wise, were perfect and perfect for safety reasons because you weren't worried about boats uh, coming into any weather issues or, you know, some wind swells and things like that that Mm -hmm. maybe some not-so-experienced boaters would run across. You know, my my tension was pretty low on that side of it, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. Then on the third day, we got a little wind, so we got some cloud cover. Obviously changed the game plan again for the guys, what they were targeting, how they were targeting the fish. 
before the tournament, you heard how tough it is. And I actually went and did some pre-fishing before the tournament with a couple of the guys and uh, spent some time with Timmy Klinger, the U.S. Open champion from last year, mm-hmm. on his beautiful uh, Basscat Puma uh, FTD that he won at the U.S. Open last year. And wow. uh, we fished all day long, and he caught one fish, and I never got a bite. Oh, so you knew it was going to be a, a tough, tough tournament. Yeah, and then the very next day, I had the opportunity to fish with Josh Bertrand, who's an elite angler and grew up fishing Juan Bass. And we went out, and Josh, being the type of person Josh is, is he gave me a bait with no hooks and said, we're going to go see where they're at. We actually got bites, but I never saw the fish. So mm-hmm. you know, he was just looking through productive or non-productive areas, trying to find where the bites might be. Yeah. Back to the event. You know, day one, we had Joe Uribe bring in 20.44 pounds, which was the biggest bag of the event on the first day. So that was kind of an indication that maybe the fish were there and that, you know, other anglers might do the same thing. And we had uh, local Todd Klein have a nice, decent bag the first day. And uh, young pro Parker Wright from Laguna Niguel area did really well the first day. And so did some of the other guys. But... A lot of guys struggled. Yeah. Um, we probably didn't weigh in about 50 of the boats on the first day. Wow. Uh, they just went out and blanked. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may not be as high as 50, but it seemed like a, a good number of guys just didn't get them based on how the weigh-ins went that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joe was feeling pretty good sitting in uh, first place with that 20.44-pound lead. Um, I think could he, he had, keep the uh, could he keep the momentum? Well, that's the, the deal. You know, three day events, you have to manage your fish well, you have to manage your spots well, and your co anglers well. Um, because being a shared weight format, the way we do it is no pro will fish with the same AAA twice. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it's something that was developed a long time ago with a shared weight format where the co anglers, when you pair them with a pro, that they don't no per se and you don't let them fish with the same one twice it's a lot harder to cheat with somebody you don't know than it is to cheat with somebody you do know so typically even though it's random we try to you know randomize the pairings as much as possible but that is also a benefit to the event because lifelong friendships are built from the shared weight format because you're not fishing against the guy in the back of the boat you're working together as a team to catch the best five fish you can that day Mm -hmm. with somebody that you may not have known before the tournament exactly and then afterwards uh you do you know become most most guys become lifelong friends after fishing together an event like ours and um there's a few guys that you know you meet every every event this is my first one i'm so excited i said well it won't be your last because once you fish one you'll always be back and it's true they you know they can't wait for the next one um which is the case here you know so i just got home and the phone's been blowing up while I was gone, and now that I'm home, everybody wants to get into Clear Lake, which is right now theoretically sold out. But I've got to, you know, cross all the I's and uh, cross the T's and figure out exactly where we're at. But you know, the event was was great. Uh, Basscat Boats, Mercury uh, Motors, our title sponsors, did an awesome job this year. The prize boat for this event was a Poom or a uh, Saber FTD. It was supposed to be paired with a 150 Mercury, but uh, their Mercury is working so hard to get all the motors they can out that the 150s are hard to get right now. So between Juan Bass, Western Outdoor News, Bass Cat Boats, and Mercury, they decided to upgrade the engine to a 175, which 
which bumped up the value of that prize boat. So yeah, and know. that definitely worked in the favor of uh, of Mike Williams. I mean, he drove away with that thing at the end of the tournament, first place finish. Did you hear from Mike, and, and what did uh, what did he have to say about his win? Well, Mike was somebody that we were watching, obviously, being a three-day event. He was coming in kind of consistent both uh, first day and second day. Not real big bags, but, you know, staying consistent. Todd Klein, uh, local angler here, uh, had, a, had a good bag on day two as well. And then, you know, it was really up to what it looked like three guys that could do it. Uh, on day three, and that was Mike Williams, who's the local there. Uh, he's a uh, been a fishing partner of uh, Sean Bailey, last year's uh, Arizona Open champion for many years. They know the lake real well. Yeah, let's uh, let's actually just jump to a uh, a clip of Mike Williams talking about his win. It was kind of hard to to move around like you want, like I wanted to pre-fish with all, all the boats out with there, 178 you know? boats. Yeah, try, you know, not wanting to give anything up, so I kind of. I had, you know, found fish in pre-practice like 10 days ago, two weeks ago, and then I just kind of went ahead and figured them out during the tournament. Every day I caught them in different depths with different baits, different times of the day. I just kind of kept an open mind and just kind of just fished. So tell us about day one. Day one, I started, I got a good boat number and I started on some schooling fish and I just caught a couple nice ones though. First thing in the morning kind of got me going and I went around and, and picked off smallmouth. Uh, to fill out my limit and then I uh, cold later in the day with some good largemouth. The second day yesterday was really good. I, I really got on good, but I broke a couple off and lost the six to seven pounder probably 10 feet from the net. Which was probably rattling you a bit. Yeah, it definitely at the time. It was kind of like I had a good day going and I was, you know, really happy but then to have that happen. So then today you start today's tournament what you were in what position i started the day in second second position yep yep and i went out and did actually the same thing i did yesterday morning i caught a couple first thing cranking and then i kind of just bounced around deep structures out in 20 to 30 feet all day long and then uh i caught that big one i think it was my third fish of the day it was like a five something pounder but that kind of settled me down to just take my time and pick everything apart because it was i had to fish really slow out there that deep you know kind of work my way around the structures and stuff like that so now that three days is over you've been crowned the uh arizona open champion here and you've won a bass cat saber ftd with a 175 it was supposed to be a 150 but they put a 175 on it and uh 25,000 plus how you feeling i, I mean i mean it's people it's, can't see the smile on your yeah, face right no, now i mean it's incredible i mean I'm, I'm still in shock i'm sure tomorrow when i wake up or when it finally hits me that i won i mean i i put so much work in out here over the last couple years just trying to just figure this lake out for myself just because i was tired of not really catching them good yeah so it, it it's worked out i guess when it's your turn it's your turn well you're hugging that trophy pretty awesome right now and congratulations again i appreciate it man i i just i'm speechless it means it means everything to me to win this tournament all right so it meant a lot to uh to mike williams but it also meant a lot to the local anglers in lake havasu you mentioned sean bailey so what's the uh, what's the relationship there sean bailey and mike williams were team partners for many years uh and you know to be team partners on a lake like that you have to trust in each other a lot because information gets out things get out there's a lot of people watching you when you're on top Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean and Sean Bailey's obviously been on top for many years out there, uh, being a guide and being a local guy. But you know, you've got Justin Curry, you've got Roy Hawk, you got all these local sticks, and any one of them could have done it. But for Mike to come out on top this year was awesome. It was really cool to have Sean hand off uh, the trophy from last year to this year to Mike Williams. You know, Mike uh, 
fished a great tournament. He just, you know, stayed confident. He he fished deeper structure where most of the other guys were fishing shallower type stuff. Uh, Todd Klein was fishing for smallmouth. The relationship between the the locals and the non-locals is, you know, a little weird dynamic. You know, the, the guys that the bulk of the guys that enter the tournament aren't local guys. And, you know, they always wonder, okay, I want to come out and beat that local guy. And, you know, Justin Kerr's won tons of money out there at that event. And he really struggled this, this year. Roy Hawk struggled and he's an elite angler. So it can happen to the best of you. So you mentioned you mentioned Todd Klein. He's uh, he's he may not be local to Lake Havasu, but he's local to the Western Outdoor News headquarters here in San Clemente. Uh, he had a really strong showing the first couple of days. Uh, he definitely had a strong showing for, throughout the whole tournament. He finished second. Wow. What'd you hear from Todd? Well, Todd, uh, I've known Todd for many years, even before I worked here. Um, I had run into him when I was living in Talega because you don't see too many guys with bass boats in the San Clemente area. And before I ever started working here, I had met him and started fishing some Diamond Valley team stuff and night derbies. And so I've known Todd for a long time. He's obviously uh, very well versed in in uh, speaking. He's been a professional surfer for many years, and uh, he's a guide and a, quite the stick. I was really rooting for him to, to pull this one out because it would be nice for a local guy here close to home to win it. He's been close a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's won some FLW uh, events, but he's, he's all around a great guy. He was targeting the smallmouth, and uh, I know he was throwing because he had mentioned uh, Cool Bait's underspin was his game plan for the smallmouth, and if they weren't biting that, he was going to die by it. Oh, which, yeah. Sean and Justin are good buddies of mine. They're on cool baits, and it was pretty awesome to hear that that's what he was catching his fish on. Yeah, he uh, he actually spoke with you at the tournament. We'll get to that clip in a second, but he ended up walking away with over fifteen thousand dollars in cash. So it wasn't the the worst finish for him. I mean, he definitely walked away with some cash in his pocket. Uh, so let's hear let's hear from Todd Klein. This time of year out here at Lake Havasu, Billy, it's super tough to to get bites, you know. And um, in practice, I found a few different things. Uh, you told me I won. Uh, practice so I'm pretty stoked to actually back it up but um it's just tough to get five bites you know and and I I was actually throwing a cool baits uh anybody that knows me I throw that bait till the wheels fall off at a lot of different places and I was stoked they were eating it and if you got bit it was the right ones it was going to be a three plus you know smally and um so knowing that I just did not put it down and I threw it every day, all day. Uh, I started stressing a little bit today. I ran south to Bill Williams, threw a little square bill, caught a couple largies to put in the well just to make sure I had five. And then uh, was on one of my spots where I was throwing the cool baits. They weren't eating it. It was glassy. and I knew they were out there. And I found those fish by throwing a glide bait. So I said, hold up. Let me, let me just try it. I tied it up. First cast, I'm like daydreaming, looking around, slow whining, and it just hammers it. I yelled net, and it was the biggest smallie that I got today. So, oh, which bait? Uh, it's it's a uh, tiny bait? clash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I a lot of guys, and don't get me wrong, it stings to get second, but at the same token, I didn't lose any fish. Uh, a couple of the days, I only had five bites, so I'm just stoked to to be where I'm at. And the guys that live here, let alone everybody else that competes in this tournament, are, are unbelievable. So to finish up in second place, I'm stoked. So second place finish, nothing to be ashamed of, especially you walk away with just over $15,000 for that finish. Um, next up, we, we we spoke to Josh Bertrand. Tell me about your relationship with Josh. Josh and I have known each other for 
well, a little over 10 years now because when I started uh, in 2010, he was one of the guys that I met. He was just getting into the elites back then. And a few years, I think it was two years after working here at Western Outdoor News in Juan Bass, uh, Berkeley was putting on a uh, El Salto trip for some of their new uh, products. And so they wanted a representative to go down there and, and do some write-ups and so forth. And Josh happened to be at that same trip. And mm-hmm. we spent three days fishing for giants and <laughs> got to be really good buddies. But I wanted to get out on the water with him uh, and do a little pre-fishing, really do you know an interview with him and spend some time getting to, to see how he, as an elite angler, would approach the pre-fishing for this event and how he felt about 178 boat field at Havasu, which is, you know, him being from Arizona, one of his backwater backyard lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he fishes it a ton, but, you know, obviously he's being an elite angler, it. he's familiar w- yeah. with that. Like Roosevelt and other lakes closer to him are more in his backyard. But um, we had a good time being the consummate professional. He made sure that the hooks – the baits we were throwing had no hooks on them because, you know, he didn't want to burn any of his spots or any of his fish mm-hmm. by hooking one that wouldn't bite during the tournament, which is very smart. Not a lot of guys do that. Yeah, A lot of guys will go out there and pre-fish and catch them and take pictures and <laughs> not realize that that fish is no longer catchable, you know, yeah. and hope that there's more of the same fish around. Maybe it was the only one around, but um, it was good to get out there with him, you know, to have him and Jared Littner and Roy Hawk and some of the other elite guys that uh, took their time to come fish this event uh, means a lot to Wombass and to all the anglers to be able to compete against guys like that also. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But for him to get a fourth place finish, uh, you know, made sense. He was <laughs> consistent and quiet and he walked with what a little over eighty five hundred dollars yeah. for his fourth place finish. Good travel money to kick <laughs> off his season and Yeah, start the season. Keep off the well. wife happy at home and <laughs> kids a couple gifts. But yeah. Awesome. So here's the conversation from when you guys were out on the water. I'm happy. We just talked about it. It's just so beautiful out here right now and a lot of the country's still dealing with snow and stuff like that. And I mean hey there was snow here last week. The whole Southwest got blasted with some rain and cold weather, but now it's like it's spring. I'm way overdressed and I'm burning up, <laughs> but that's a good thing. Like that's, spring's knocking on our door. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. For some of our podcast listeners, uh, Josh, why don't you tell a little bit about uh, who you are and what you've done in the past uh, few years? Sure. So uh, I, I'm out of basically Phoenix, Queen Creek, Arizona. I've been fishing one bass events. They were my first pro event when I was 18. Now I'm, I'm 32. And, uh, you know, last, last 10 years or so, I've been fishing full-time professionally, uh, fished the Elite Series for six years. The last three years, I've been fishing Major League Fishing. And uh, that's where I'm currently at right now. So hitting every single one of the one bass events that I can when I'm home. Um, and it's been cool because we haven't had really any scheduling conflicts for the U.S. Open the last couple of years. Right. And, um yeah, for this thing is last year I, I I missed the AZ Open, but I'm stoked to be here this year. Yeah, your schedule worked out for you to be here. We're, we're stoked to have you. 178 boats. What do you think about the AZ Open in three years garnishing this many entries? Yeah, we were talking about it the other day. The first one had 70 something boats, and um, man, you made just those couple key adjustments to it, um, and you just do what you always do, and just you know it. it it's an event that everyone wants to be at. You know, it's a it's a great way to kick the year off, get you know, get into fishing shape, have some fun. Havasu's a super desirable place to come fish, right? I mean, you got the Phoenix crew that comes, the California crew, and people from even further. I mean, it's 
if you're from way up north and you're freezing, you come down here and, and, and enjoy some good weather. And, you know, the thing about the fishing this time of year is you're not, you, you're never going to come out and get 40 bites in a day, but the size that you catch will keep you coming back. And it's both right. smallmouth and largemouth. These fish are as big as they'll ever be because they're about to pop. They're about to spawn. They've been eating all winter and they're set up and, uh, ready to go. So like, yeah, we're, we're going to see, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a eight, eight or 10 pound largemouth this week and a legitimate five pound small. I'm, I'm positive we'll see one of those. That would be awesome. Last year, this time was a little tough. We were one week earlier last year, but the weather wasn't like this. There was a big cold snap last year. A lot of guys struggled at the event. What do you think it's going to take at this year's uh, Arizona Open to win this thing? Yeah, if you look at history, you know, in early February, like typically, you know, I'd say more often than not, 17 or 18 pounds a day is enough to win. Um, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I mean, if you just went off of practice, I think most folks would say yes. But uh, we've got just like straight spring weather coming for a whole week. And the water's cold now. But even just being on the water the last couple of days, we've watched it climb and climb and climb. So uh, I bet we see some big bags. I yeah, bet there we was see a bag some big bags. About a week and a half ago, 20, 22, 23-pound bag that yeah. won, I think, a team tournament. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this. Our sponsors, Basket Boat, Mercury Motor, has been very supportive uh, over the last few years. We love to have love having them, and it's really helped uh, us grow these events. Um, I know you've got uh, some. As soon as this one's over, you're basically hitting the road for your MLF stuff, and you're going to start out where? Uh, so Redcrest is basically our championship that we qualified from last year. That's at Lake Palestine in Texas. So, uh, yeah, we were joking today. You know, this place is have us this beautiful clear water open water you know it's a it's hard to tear up your boat here and palestine is the opposite of that it's like <laughs> the most treacherous lake to navigate in the country peel off your boat wrap yeah oh peel off the boat wrap peel off your lower unit man <laughs> it's, <Right. laughs> it's and i've never been there but just from what i've read and heard it's uh the locals are saying they're going to bring popcorn and, and, and sit in their boats and watch the pros rip their lower units off. So That's awesome. We'll see. I'll, I'll enjoy my boat being intact for one more week before I have to go back there. So you feeling kind of relaxed that you made it in the cut for the sold-out Wombass U.S. Open in October? I mean, we just sold it out. I know there's a lot of people stressing and worrying, in, but you had gotten your deposit in early. You looking forward to that event? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. it was it was ama- It's amazing to see it sell out this early, but hey, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be in. I think 250 is a great number. Um, it's a lot of boats, but a lot of boats makes big payouts, right? And, yep. uh, and it brings a lot of excitement and it makes, makes the competition even that much more difficult. That's what we want. Um, so yeah, I think it's great, man. I'm stoked. It's uh, we, When we get to the summer and, and my season's like even in the middle of my MLF season, I'm, I'm stoked to get to meet. And, hey, that's going to be the toughest event of the year fishing-wise, but for some reason, I think we all just love Most it. Most favorite. Yeah, it really it's yeah. literally is. It's unbelievable. You know, it's, I'm fired up that first morning when I drive from Phoenix out to Lake Mead to start practice for the Open. I'm always fired up, and uh, it's weird. Like, you'd think the m- amount of beatings Lake Mead has given us all, like, we would hate it, but <laughs> we just love it, dude. It's like this place in February. They're like, why do we want to go fish in February? It's cold, It's just, but it's Havasu. And like you said, you got a chance to catch some of those really big fish that are moving yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Eating all winter long. Looking forward into our, our Juan Bass season, what is the next event up on the slate for us? The next event we have is uh, the California Open at Clear Lake. I believe this is the ninth annual 
uh, Cal Open at Clear Lake. It's scheduled for April 14th, 15th, and 16th. And April can be just an amazing time of year for Clear Lake. Uh, we've had it in April a few times. It's part of the points race. You know, uh, the Arizona Open, California Open, and the U.S. Open are all point of a part of a points race at the end of the year we'll crown a pro and co uh, angler of the year which have prizes associated to that and uh, uh, really looking forward to clear lake actually got some work to do get ready for it uh, we've apparently sold out on pro spots and co-angler spots and my phone's been buzzing ever since i left havasu to find out can i get in how do i get in come on bill see what you can do and I literally even haven't had the time to look at it since I just got back. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the next couple of days, I'll figure that out and we'll let everybody know where we're at. The U.S. opens in October, which is the last part of the points race. But our next big event coming up uh, is the Family Fun Striper Derby out at Lake Havasu. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be the 39th anniversary of the event. Um, which had a pretty cool story last year because there's only one guy that's fished 38 events and he was angler 38 last year and he ended up winning it in the 38th year. Yeah, first time uh, getting first, right? It was first time getting first, yeah. (laughs) He's fished it with, I think, two or three different kids of his and brothers and other people. And, you know, it's a family fun weekend at Lake Havasu. You know, teams of two can go out and fish for 10 striped bass, the biggest striped bass that they can get each day. We've got accumulative weight prizes, top 10 teams uh, win prizes and sponsor stuff. We give away a Klamath boat and Suzuki motor package worth about 14000 in a raffle. You don't even have to catch a fish to win that mm-hmm. just by participating. There's big fish optionals and blind bogey money and, you know, can't beat going to Havasu for a weekend. Oh, yeah. Most of the people that show up for that event, they love it. They're desert rats. And (laughs) we get somewhere between 130 and 150 teams. And we're hoping it's going to be a big year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. Uh, it's always a, a fun time at the Lake Havasu Striper Derby. Head over to wonews.com to sign up for it. We do still have some spots available, especially if you are in the Lake Havasu area. It's a, it's a good time down there. You going to weigh some fish next year? Uh, yeah, last year was not a great year for me. <laughs> but you had but, a great time, right? <laughs> but I had a great time, exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy.